Amen. So this is definitely just going to be a, uh, um, here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, a message about fear. Well, you get into this message and you've heard this, this verse about fear before. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Most people stop right there and they don't read the next verse. because Paul says, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor me as prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And he continues on. But, but notice that the fear that Paul is driving at is the fear of affliction. When you stand as a believer the enemy will stand against you and you have the victory so long as you stand in Jesus the victory belongs to the believer those that are standing in Christ this gets back over into Ephesians where we're talking about the armor of God having done all stand the armor of God is for the day of battle, the day of war. If you're a believer, that's every day. Some days are heavier than others. But every day, the enemy is against you. And every day, you're required to fight back in the spirit. But notice what Paul says here. He's telling Timothy. Now, now you can kind of, because Paul was imprisoned in this passage. He was in prison, soon to have his head removed uh, for the gospel. He, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, shootings in, in churches now. I don't know if you've seen the news. You have different things. But you know what? A lot of the ones in America are just because of evil people. It's not necessarily because of Christian persecution. There's a difference between that and people blowing up churches in Africa or, or, or Iran. Amen? These people go into theaters and shoot people. Just in malls, wherever. It's just evil, rotten people. Amen? But it's different when you're persecuted for your faith. And that's happening in other nations. And most a lot of people prophesied that that's going to be what happens here in America. There will be a day when we are persecuted as believers, even in our own nation. And spiritually, we are. But by God's grace, it's not too uh, prevalent in the in the physical. But in Timothy's day, Paul his hero of the faith, his father in the faith, his, the, the, the father who adopted him and brought him in and raised him up in the faith is in prison, soon to have his head removed for the faith. And he's telling Timothy, don't be fearful. God didn't give you that fear. Don't receive it. You don't have to operate in that fear because God didn't give it to you. If you're fearful, you're not operating as intended. Because God didn't give you that. The only fear that a believer should operate in is the fear of the Lord. 
The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 1 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Everything that we do should be born out of every decision we make, every place we go, every interaction that we have, and everything that we do should be born out of a wisdom from on high that seeks to glorify and honor God with all that we are and all that we do. The fear of the Lord is a desire to please him in all ways at all times. If you think about a, 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 an umbrella in a hailstorm, you don't want to get outside the umbrella, amen? You'd rather stay inside it. And that's what the fear of the Lord is. It's a desire to be with God. It's a desire to be with him more than outside his umbrella of protection. And, and here, Paul's telling Timothy, God didn't give you that spirit of fear. The, the commentaries will say that's fearful. God didn't make you fearful. God told you to fear him and nothing else. God told you to fear him and nothing else. No sickness, no death, no sorrow, no job, no opposition, nothing. You're called to fear nothing but God and God alone. And so you also see here that this fear, this fear can come on us when we are inwardly looking at ourselves or outwardly looking at our situation. Someone who is self-motivated or situation-motivated will walk in fear because if you focus on yourself, you'll never measure up. You'll fail, and fear will come on you. If you focus on yourself, and if you focus on the situation, fear will definitely come on you because the enemy will make even the, the, the people, you remember Caleb and Joshua? God told them, go in the promised land, it's yours. Ten of, the, ten of the spies that went into the promised land said, they're like giants, we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. It wasn't true. It was not true. But the enemy, when you walk with eyes looking at the situation and not the Savior, the enemy can cause things to look bigger than they are, just like in your rearview mirror. The enemy can, can give you that funny mirror so that you can, you'll begin to look at the situation and you'll begin to think the situation's bigger than the Savior. You'll begin to think the situation you got yourself into is bigger than what God can get you out of. And you'll begin to think that there's no way I can get out of this. There's no hope for me. There's no help for me. That is exactly what the devil wants you to think. If you look at self and you look at situation, you are not looking at Savior. But if you look to the Savior, the self and the situation will take care of itself. So God said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This power here, like I said, is an enabling to do all that God has given you to do, to accomplish the task that God's given you, to walk in the authority that God's given you, and to, look, how many of y'all know that this is boldness? This is what boldness is. This power here is an equipping by God, and it makes you bold. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Did you know that? 
When you're walking with God and you know that God's walking with you, it makes you bold as a lion. Do you think that David, whenever he was facing Goliath, do you think he was, now now I'm going to try to sling this shot. Do you think he was stuttering and stammering and fearfully slinging that thing? The righteous are bold as a lion. Do you think that Daniel's knees were quivering when they threw him in the den of lions? Was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego crying saying, oh, please don't throw us in there. No, a righteous boldness came upon them. It went from their head to their toes and they stood their ground. They said, we will not bow the knee to Baal. We will not fear. We serve a higher God than the God of this world we serve a higher God than the God you serve and we will not bow the righteous are bold as a lion and that's this power this power comes from walking with God it comes from knowing God is in you greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world the the battle amen the battle's already been won you just got to walk it out the only thing the enemy can do is lie to you. The only, listen, when you go back and you look at the Garden of Eden, every, everything you can get, you can get in the Garden of Eden. You get the whole gospel in there. Look at the power of the enemy. He had no power to destroy Adam and Eve. None. He couldn't put a hand on them. You look at Job's life, the enemy could not put his hand on Job. Job belonged to God, and God said, that's the line, and you can't cross it. And when you belong to God, there's, a, a, there's the blood of Christ upon your soul, and God said, that's the line, and you can't cross it. And when you look at Adam and Eve in the garden, the enemy could not destroy them. All he did was deceive them, and they destroyed themselves. Because they believed a lie, they destroyed themselves. And so that's why you know the truth makes you free. The truth, the truth makes you free, Jesus said. So you see here that God gave us the, the spirit of power. That's an enabling for the mission given. A power from on high to confound all enemies, all lies, this power from on high, it will destroy the yoke of the lie, the yoke of the deceiver. It will destroy it and give you a boldness about it. Just think back at the witness of Scripture. How many faithful brothers and sisters in Scripture had boldness? A boldness that came from faith. A boldness that came from their righteous spirit. This boldness comes from God. Love. God didn't give us a spirit of, of, of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. This love is the incentive to obey God. That's what love is. Talked about it earlier. That's what Jesus he said, even as I love the Father, even as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Love is a desire to obey the Father. 
Love makes a major task menial. If you love somebody, right? You may not like washing cars. You may not like vacuuming floors. You may not like painting things or picking up trash or doing laundry, hello, or cooking or something like that. But when you love somebody, you might do those things. And it may not make any difference. They'll say, man, you went through all that trouble. And you'll say, it was no sweat at all. Why? Because I love you. Love carries you over those major things and makes them seem minimum, doesn't it? See, love is an enabling and an incentive to obey God. It's an empowering, amen? And God's called us to operate in that. Not only has he called you to operate in it, but he gives you the spirit of love to do it in. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost has been shed abroad in our hearts. That love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 5. And that that love that has been shed abroad in the heart of the believer will empower you to do the things that God's given you to do with the right spirit. So you're not begrudgingly loving. So now, how many like how many people say, "Well, I love you, but I don't want to vacuum the floor." But fine, I'll do it anyways. You can probably hear the other spouse say, "Don't worry about it." Then, if you're going to act like that, don't worry about it. Right? I don't want you cooking if you're going to act like that. I don't know what you're going to put in there. I don't know what you're going to put in there when you act like, well, you know what? When it comes to the things that God gives us to do, right? How much of a difference does it make when we say, yes, Lord? Oh, you, you want me to go pick up the trash on the parking lot in the church? Oh, glory to God. I love it. Why? Because it's going to make your house beautiful, Lord so that other people may drive by and come in. Amen? Amen. And and those things that God gives us to do, he gives us the spirit to do them in, but how much different is it when we begrudgingly, pastor's on me again about picking stuff up. I wish he'd get off my back. But you can see the same similarity in a relationship, can't you? And, and how much of a difference does it make when you have that love kicking in and those major tasks look so small when you're blinded by love? And do you know, as a believer, you're called to love God more than other people? You can't even love somebody right if you don't love God, right? You'll never love somebody else right until you learn to exhaust your love on God. Until God's your all, you don't have anything really to give people. Your love will be conditional. You won't know that depth of that love until you love God with all your heart. And God calls us to operate in that. So God gives us boldness like a lion, right? The righteous are bold as a lion. When when the enemy comes knocking, he'll say, who's there? And and, And the Lord will give you that heart to do the tasks that he's given you to do with the right spirit. Amen? Not begrudgingly. God asks you to go share your faith with somebody. You don't slam the door in their face, stuff like that. A sound mind, a lot of, a lot of uh, commentaries say this sound mind is the uh, same word as the, a, a sober mind, sobriety. 
A sober mind is a mind, listen, if you think about it, is a mind that is not intoxicated with the things of the world. That's what a sober mind is spiritually. When you're talking about spiritually, it means that I'm not conflicted. I'm not having to waffle back between should I watch the ball game or should I get in the word? I'm not having to waffle. I'm not, I'm not having to waffle about should I go and do this or should I not? God gives us a sober mind to walk in. This is a spirit. It's a, a spirit of a sober mind. This is a mind that is unmixed with the things of the world. So I'm not going to waffle. I'm not going to waver. I'm going to have boldness like a lion, and I'm going to do the things that God's given me to do in the right spirit. And so Paul wrote all these things to Timothy because Timothy had that, you one of those believers? Knowing that his mentor was in prison awaiting the severing of his head. And he told Timothy, Timothy, God didn't make you fearful. See, we don't understand this. And God help us that here in America we ever face days like Timothy faced here. But there are believers in the world today who are facing these same kind of issues. And God is not giving them fear. And, and what's the greater? No one can separate you from the love of God. No height, no depth, right? No principality, no angels, no life, no death. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's what God says. So the worst that the world could do to you still cannot separate you from God's love. How awesome is our God? Oh, John Wesley, he said that, that, that love here is, is, was the balancing scale between power and the sound mind. See, the, the, it's kind of like, you know, Jesus told the woman at the, at the well in John chapter 4 that he that worships the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth, right? You, 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 you got the spirit, that's the boldness. You got the truth, that's the sound mind. Love is the one that balances. Because you can't operate all in one and all or all in the other. You don't want to be all head knowledge and you don't want to be all fire. You got to have both. You got to have both. And he said that love is the one that balances them out. Love gives you that, that spirit to operate in. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless you tonight and we thank you, Father, that you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.